Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. What if confronting climate change is the best chance we'll ever have to build a better world? Filmed over 211 shooting days in nine countries in five continents over four years, this changes everything is an epic attempt to reimagine the vast challenge of climate change. Directed by Avi Lewis and inspired by Naomi Klein's international nonfiction bestseller, this changes everything. The film presents seven powerful portraits of communities on the front lines from Montana to Alberta uh, tar sands to the coast of South India to Beijing and beyond. People are challenging the trajectory of our planet in ways that are going to make a tremendous difference. We just have to listen to them. We are joined today by the director of this wonderful documentary, This Changes Everything, and that would be Avi Lewis. Avi, welcome to film school. Hey, Mike. How are you? It's such a great honor to be on this show. Thank you. Well, uh, I guess the you know how did this come about? What uh, what went into the decision? We uh, we know about the book that uh, Naomi Klein wrote. This changes everything. But at some point, you said, you know what? Let's turn this into a movie. What inspired that? So first of all, the book did come out a year ago, Mm -hmm. um, but they were parallel projects. Naomi and I um, are partners in life as well as uh, in work, and. We've worked together on all kinds of different projects before, um, but we'd never, we'd never tried this. And what we decided more than five years ago was that if you, if you want, really want to sort of introduce new framings, if you want to try to change the story, if you want to introduce radical ideas into our very cluttered and fragmented culture, you ought to come at it from as many screens as possible at the same time. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's it, it is hard to get new ideas out there, and so we wanted to try um, a multi-platform approach, and and not only that, but sort of find ways to explore this 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 relatively um, this exciting and kind of uh, radical idea that really dealing with the climate crisis could be an amazing thing if we did it right. Uh, it could actually be our best chance, as you quoted at the at the outset, to build a better world. And you know, how could what would that look like in a movie um, as opposed to a book? Naomi's books are like 500 pages long. She's got like 870 footnotes in this work, mm-hmm. um, and she's really good at making an argument and meticulously assembling the research to support it. She's a very persuasive writer, but didn't want to make a talking heads documentary or a strictly sort of argument film, let alone a book with pictures. And I didn't have the book to work with for most of the time that I was shooting the film. I had the basic ideas as Naomi was doing her research in parallel to mine. Um, so it really, they really were sort of parallel explorations of the same uh, terrain. Well, it's very well done documentary on a lot of levels, and and for those of you who are there, may be a little a bit of a fatigue factor on documentaries that oh my god, the world is just going to hell in a handbasket kind of, and we know this stuff in sort of a visceral way. A lot of people have, have locked onto they they understand what's going on. One of the strengths of the uh, this changes everything is you know you you frame these these stories of these different people enough information to know that this is a you know a serious situation that they're involved with environmentally and politically and economically etc there we know we you give us enough of that but most of the film is really a very positive 
approach, and that is we see the work of people that are beginning to pull this thing together in a way, in a in a cohesive way. This sort of and this is the way it's going to happen from around the world. Uh, a lot of people are going to be working on a lot of the same things, and they're going to meet up somewhere somehow. I believe, <laughs> and that's what this film really, in my my opinion, it does very effectively. I assume well, that's it, it is. A, it, it is. A, it's a totally different approach. At least, yeah. Tried to take a different approach, and I think you. You know, you. It's a very intelligent reading of the film um, and our intentions. We did want to make a hopeful film. There's, there's no question about it. Um, the traditional approach with climate change documentaries has been to try to scare the pants off people. And if you really engage with the science, it is terrifying. Yeah. The problem with being terrified is that it can paralyze you. Yeah. And that, that traditional approach taken by big green groups over the last 30 years to sort of scare people into change, I just don't think it works. I think you inspire people to change. I don't think you can scare people into change. So we did want to make a film that was inspiring and that was hopeful, but that is, it's just not going to work if the material isn't there to support it. I mean, any doc maker will tell you that. And I've seen lots of well-meaning documentaries, which were about kind of like small-scale solutions and people doing great things. And we, we call them in, in doc world like the happy, the happy story. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you get to the end of the film and you're like, well, if it's such a great idea, how come there's like just three people in Brooklyn doing it? Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in, in this movie. So you, you really, you know, this film, because of Naomi's role in the global climate movement, and she's written a number of important books until this time, she's really written about globalization and economics. But um, she's become uh, an important voice in, in the global climate movement. And so we had access, which is key for documentaries, in a kind of a backdoor way um, to movements around the world from the Alberta tar sands to struggles against coal-fired power plants uh, in India and elsewhere um, that, you know, that allowed us a, a kind of uh, insider's view of some of the cutting edge of what, of what people are doing to resist fossil fuels and build the renewable energy alternatives uh, around the world. And it really is happening. I mean, it's been an incredible time over the last few years for this sort of global climate movement. I was in New York uh, last fall, almost exactly a year ago, with almost half a million people in the street yeah. for this People's Climate March, which shocked the hell out of everybody that that many people in New York um, felt that passionately about this issue, which we're constantly being told by the media and by our politicians, you know, isn't, isn't you know, the thing that's going to motivate people to get off their butts, uh, with the exception of Bernie Sanders, who is, you know, talking about climate change all the time and really stirring uh, huge amounts of energy and, and big, big crowds talk about climate change and inequality so i think the appetite for this kind of um this kind of response is much deeper than than our mainstream media and culture would lead us to believe and that's what you see in the film you see people really fighting very brave struggles against huge forces the richest and most powerful companies and interests in the world and winning surprising victories look shell just pulled out of the arctic yeah they said it was because it wasn't profitable enough you're telling me it had nothing to do with the kite activists in Seattle, the people who rappelled down the bridges in Portland, who scaled the Arctic drilling rigs um, right. in, uh, you know, that, that Shell was, was putting out there. I mean, there was, there was a huge pushback from Direct Action, Greenpeace, and other groups, and their brand was getting sullied, and they, and they stopped. And we're seeing the same kind of mobilization around the world in the lead-up to the big climate talks in Paris at the end of the year. So it's actually a very hopeful time in the climate movement, and 
I think the film captures some of that spirit. It does. I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Avi Lewis. He is the director of the film This Changes Everything. It is opening tonight as we sit here in Southern California on October 16, 2015. Uh, and you and Naomi Klein will be at the um, uh, at the Sundance Theaters uh, on Sunset Boulevard tonight for the 5 o'clock screening, the, the two of you. And then I believe that uh, one of the executive producers, Danny Glover, will be joining you at 7.30. Have that, is that changed? Or are we, we still yeah, on? Yeah, no, no we're, doing, we're doing Q&As after the 5 p.m. and the 7.30, and we will introduce the 10 p.m. screening for the, okay. for the Night Owls. Yeah. And um, we have a three-year-old, so we're... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> understandable. We'll stay up to, the, to, to, to do a Q&A after the late show, but it's, it's pretty exciting to open the film theatrically in L.A., and, um, and we are uh, we're pursuing a very uh, aggressive sort of cutting-edge distribution strategy along with our fantastic partners, our digital distributors and sales agents at FilmBuff okay. and our theatrical distributors here in the States at Bramarama. So on October 20th, we're opening in 70 cities across the United States for special event one-off screenings all over the country. And then we go right to digital um, on iTunes, and people can book screenings in their communities. And so we're we're getting the film out really quickly, partly because of the urgency of the issue. Yeah. And and partly because um, the the film, we already know, we, we have like a thousand requests from around the world for community screenings of this film because people really are waking up to this issue and to the exciting prospect of, uh, of coming out of our soft denial <laughs> and our avoidance of this issue and looking at the terrifying facts and then deciding to act and building you know, uh, a more sane economy and society in the process. And so there's people waking up all over the place and, um, and they really want to use the film. And we've been lucky enough to work with visionary investors and, and sales and distribution folks who recognize that at this weird moment in movie distribution history <laughs> where the ways that we watch movies are fracturing and changing and proliferating, that all of these different platforms support each other. Of course, we would love for everyone to see it in, in theaters and come on down to the sun, Sundance Sunset tonight and share it with us, getting in a room with people that you don't know and then having a conversation afterwards about these these serious issues is is something that really you know it's what people love about documentaries but people are also just going to watch it where they watch it and we want to make that possible um and and put it in the hands of people who will organize their own screenings so so that's that's really exciting for me as a director having worked five years on this film it's really exciting that we didn't get signed to a big distributor and then get we get the privilege of sitting there and waiting for a year until they decide to put it out. Right. Well, and to your point, Avi Lewis, uh, going back just a, a bit, and that is, in addition to the actions that are taking place, and you're right, and in the film, this changes everything. It's a global recognition. Of, there's a lot of very entrenched, powerful interests that are going to try as best they can to protect their investment in fossil mm-hmm. fuel, and that is obvious and apparent. But uh, some news came out a couple of weeks ago, which I think is very, very telling. One aspect of this movement to uh, start addressing climate change in a serious way has been the divestiture movement, which is taking hold all over the place. And also the news from a senior economist at the Bank of London, which is one of the most conservative banking institutions on the planet. One of their lead economists said that he, he said that 
investment in fossil fuels is a, increasingly a bad investment. And I think that's where you're going to – that's the, the, the choke point uh, on this. I think when you see economists doing the, the, you know, their calculations and saying, no, this doesn't pencil out anymore. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see a lot of people suddenly you know, tout their – I mean I, I don't know. I'm, I, I may be projecting and get ahead, in, uh, ahead of ourselves. That should make no difference on how people approach this issue. But uh, to me, I've always oh, thought no, the, I've no, always no. thought this the money is, was was. It's, it's, a, Go ahead. it's a seismic shift. It's yeah, a seismic shift. Yeah, it's a huge shift. The fossil fuel industry thinks in terms of like fifty-year investment. Right. And if we don't get, I mean, the science is really clear. If yeah. we don't get off the path that we're on in terms of increasing fossil fuel use around the world um, in in the next few years, then fifty years from now is going to be a super dark and apocalyptic place. Like you know. Mad Max, the the 20th return will not need like a location. They could just shoot it anywhere, you know. Well, and 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 people people know this, and the business community knows it. And so, not only that, but the price of renewables has just plummeted. Yeah, like the price of solar is down uh, is down 75 percent in the last six years. Yeah, and so the business case for fossil fuels, forget the moral case and the political case, which are powerful enough on their own. The business case is falling apart. But the, and, and, and fossil fuel invest, and, and, and renewable investments around the world are increasing, and renewable energy is going at a faster pace than predicted. Yeah. So there's no question that the tide is turning now. But here's the key question, and this is the question that the film really puts front and center. Is it going to make any difference if we have a solar and wind-powered society if Exxon still controls the energy? Right. Right? This, has, this tra- great transition that we have to make in our energy system has to be mirrored by a justice-based transition and, 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 and by, by um, a process that builds in a better, a be- better living conditions right. for people than we currently have in this economy. Everybody knows since 2008 that the global economy is, it disproportionately benefits the 1%. And, the, and, and we're still paying for that bailout with cuts to education and healthcare and all the things that people care about and rely on. And we know that this system is deeply unfair and, 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 and you know, people uh, of color, people in marginalized communities, um, indigenous people around the world are on the front lines, both of the extraction, the resource extraction to fuel this consumer economy and, and, and also of the economic unfairness um, that leaves them out of, of prosperity. Yeah. And so what we're arguing, what people in this movement are arguing around the world is that the shift to a renewable, clean economy has to be done in a way that benefits the people who got the worst deal in the old economy, in the dirty economy, um, and that this is the great opportunity. So you see, for instance, in northern Alberta, where the tar sands are, the largest industrial project on Earth, the greatest ongoing crime, uh, environmental crime in the world, this vast landscape the size of Florida, where they're literally peeling off the skin of the land, scooping up the, the oily sand and the biggest trucks ever invented, and then boiling the oil out of the sand in this most intensive and toxic carbon uh, carbon intensive process. And you know the First Nations, the 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 the, the tribes in Canada who live near, next to that resource have oil spills on their land, have contamination of their water. They can't live traditionally on their land, which is their constitutional guarantee. And so they're bringing lawsuits and they're fighting back. And they're installing solar energy on on Indian reservations in in northern Alberta. Um, show that there's a better way yeah. uh, of getting our energy, and it's really exciting. Down in the Northern Cheyenne 
uh, territory in, in the Powder River Basin in Montana, where one of the major storylines of the film takes place. They just voted for the first time. The tribal council voted for no coal exploration on their territory for the first time. And they've been under pressure for decades because the unemployment rate is like 70, 80 percent. And there's always been this specter that, you know, if we just dig up the coal, we'll have good jobs. And it's like, you know, this solar trainer, amazing guy named Henry Red Cloud, who people will meet in the film, comes to the Cheyenne Reservation, does a bunch of training with young people. They put up a bunch of solar panels. People in the community start to realize, hey, there's another way to develop our economy. There's another kind of job that we could have that would be in keeping with our traditional values and that, and, and that we could be proud of when we come home and tell our kids what we did at work, you know. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the whole community is shifting and getting off of fossil fuels and seeing uh, a fairer and cleaner future. And so this is the, this is the key thing about the transition. Everything is going to change about our physical world if we don't get off fossil fuels. The future is radical one way or another. Right. The question is whether we can shift course in a way that would also be radical but could be radically better. And that's, that's what we try to take you inside of well, we're starting to lose a little bit of the signal here. Uh, obviously, this is a natural break. I'm going to want to thank you so much for being here on Film School. Um, the film is This Changes Everything. You and Naomi uh, Klein and will be at the Sundance uh, Theaters tonight. That's right off of Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles. And for the 5 o'clock screening at 7.30, Danny Glover will be joining you for that uh, screening. And then it, you'll introduce the 10 o'clock uh, screening uh, for... This changes everything. Um, uh, thank you so much. People can find out more about this by going thischangeseverything.org. Check it out. Uh, well, actually, the yeah, the film. It's called, yeah, thischangeseverything.org is the, is the website, I believe, right? It's the website for the book and the film. There's a film tab. You can watch, check out the trailer. Right. And we've got a global screenings tool where you can see our screenings uh here in L.A. and all over the world. And as you uh, mentioned, it'll be going VOD, and people will have the opportunity to see this October 20th, the uh, the screenings around the country. So thank you That's it. So, thank you so much, Avi Lewis, for being here on Film School. really appreciate it. Thank you for it was the, a real pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.